Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hello and welcome to the MMQB NFL podcast. I'm Conor Albert Breer is away, but like any good substitute teacher, the week before a holiday, we're here to <laughs> screw around. We've got my friend Rohan Nodkerny here, our prestigious NBA staff writer and Miami Dolphins fan. We're we're throwing we're throwing a movie on today, <laughs> Rohan. We're just, I, okay, we're just having I, a good I time. I thought this was more of a next man up vibe. No, uh, we're I having didn't realize, fun. I didn't realize uh, it was you. You had to set the bar so low. <laughs> you know, I came in ready with takes. I'm you know, I watched a lot of Red Zone yesterday. Did so, you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm ready right. to rock. Yeah, yeah. Rohan, I didn't, is... I didn't, I didn't. You know, call someone while they were on the team bus, uh, which <laughs> you know, on the way home, which apparently is a thing Albert does every week. Um, which, like, shout out to him, man. But uh, you know, I got takes. I, I'm. This is exactly what I'm here for. So this is a this is a reciprocity from. Rohan gets all of my NBA takes. And <laughs> so I have, I, I've said this on the show before, I have not watched a complete NBA game since, oh, I would say like September of 2010. But I, I have a lot of thoughts. Namely, you know that the NBA season starts in October, right? <laughs> it was so, a pre-se- it was a Nets okay, preseason okay, game. Got it. Okay, I covered the Nets for three weeks, hmm. um, but then it was right when they were going to try to trade for Carmelo Anthony, and then when it turned out they didn't get Carmelo Anthony, the newspaper was like, "We're not devoting any resources to this <laughs> team because right. they're going to move to Brooklyn. They're not going to be in New Jersey anymore." But for three weeks, I was embedded, man. Troy wow. Murphy, um, Chris Humphreys when he was dating Ooh. Kim Kardashian. Um, oh gosh, who was the um, Devin Devin Harris? Devin Harris, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. There I was, we go. All right. I was all in on that team, man. <laughs> I knew a little bit about basketball at that point. Um, but yeah, Rohan's got the brunt of my NBA take now, which is that the thinness and tallness of these. Uh, I don't know what you would call them, like alien men, is unsus- <laughs> completely unsustainable. And we need to go back to the days of like Eddie Curry and Shaquille O'Neal. 
Well, first of all, I'd love to see Eddie Curry and Shaquille O'Neal and Zach Randolph types back in the NBA. Secondly, I will say that I do think it's very hilarious that last week Victor Wembanyama and Chet Holmgren played each other, and the rivalry was built up entirely off the back that they're both really tall and skinny. Like we don't we don't do that for any other position where it's like mm, these guys have the same body type, therefore they must be rivals. It was like Chet and Wemby are both so tall and so lanky. And what's funny is Wembanyama is like a generational prospect. People are talking about him. Like, is he the most hyped prospect since LeBron? Chet is a good prospect, but he's not a franchise savior. He'll probably never be the best player on the Thunder as long as Shea Gilgis Alexander is there. But simply because they're both tall and skinny, they have to be rivals. And thirdly, yeah, I just want to add, you also get a lot of my NFL takes, specifically my rants about the Miami Dolphins. So it's a a little bit of a two-way street. What what really embarrassed me... Um, uh, and you know, when you, when you work at a place like this, you're always looking around and you're feeling self-conscious cause you're like, I'm among the most elite sports writers in the world. And when you have loud takes that turn out to be so wrong, like <laughs> Rohan, you came on when, uh, uh, back when we hosted the show with Gary and the dolphins got Tyreek Hill and I have you on and I'm like, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> I was like, this isn't going to work. Tyreek Hill's going to be hurt. They're just going to be checking it down to him until they bang him up. They're not going to be able to get him open in space. This isn't going to be a vertical offense. Uh, turns out to be one of the most <laughs> vertical offenses in NFL history. Uh, and life is pretty good for you as a Dolphins fan right now. You know, it's good relative to where this team has been yeah. for the last 23 years, especially since the start of this century. You know, we we remember the Dave Wanstead here's here well, Cam Cameron. We've been through a lot, Nick Saban. A lot of quarterbacks. Shout out to Gus Farratt for that nine and six starting record he put up oh, yeah. under Nick Saban. You know, we've been through it all. Having said that, we're not getting ahead of ourselves down here. All right. There's a lot of season left to be played. You know, November and December is where you got to prove it. Dolphins have some big games coming up on the schedule. They got the Dallas Cowboys at home. It's another measuring stick game. Um, we're going to be playing the Baltimore Ravens, another top team in the AFC. So I'm happy about where the Dolphins are. I think myself and the team. We all have the right attitude, which is, you know, they haven't proven anything yet, and there's a long way to go. And that's what I love about this team. They're not drinking their own Kool-Aid, even though people like you and the media want to build them up just so they can tear them down a few weeks later. That's not happening with us and the team, all right? I love watching this from afar because I'm incapable of uh, loving any sports team enough to go. I used to be a complete Notre Dame truther and -hmm. I would watch like the, Oh my God. I didn't know that about you. That's terrible. It was a dark, dark. That's one of the worst truthers you could be. Isn't it the worst? That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, like the, the things that used to come out of my mouth (laughs) in regards to that. And, and like my dad and I would be like, yeah, we're not watching the Fox pregame show because this guy's a Notre Dame (laughs) hater and he doesn't tell it like it is. Oh my God. Like just taking a step back and realizing that, but where are you on the bell curve? Because I, one of my favorite things about watching NFL fan bases from afar is we got we, we start here on the very left side of the screen, which is no one pays attention to us. No mm-hmm. one talks to us. OK. And then we get to the point where you reach the top of the bell curve, the success bell, bell curve, which is the media is trying to tear us down. And then you reach the other side <laughs> of the bell curve again, which is no one talks about us. And I, you know, I think the most, the worst fan bases 
that I remember going through this were the Panthers in 2015 when they reached the Super Bowl. Um, the Cardinals two years ago when they had the luckiest season in NFL history and Kyler Murray made the playoffs and then, you know, uh, they Cliff Kingsbury got an extension. The Seahawks during the Legion of Boom run. Um, how, how are Miami Dolphins fans handling this? Because you guys have a cool head coach. Every player that's on the field is like, extremely superhero style gifted like this is a lot of fun but are you like are you aware of of the bell curve at this point absolutely now in all seriousness there's a lot of online dolphin fan behavior that i cannot condone <laughs> like there's some awful twitter accounts it's like fins receipts and like not just to single out fins receipts like there's some awful ones and it's like an nfl person can't tweet about a quarterback without them replying about tua and to me, it's like, it's really embarrassing. It's really unbecoming. They like ruin it for me a little bit. And I hate it. I really don't like it. There are some really bad and annoying Dolphins fans out there who just have to make everything about Tua. I'm of the opinion, like I was watching Bradley Cooper narrate an intro to the Sunday night game between the Eagles and the Dolphins. And I'm like, this is way too much attention. I don't like people <laughs> talking about the Dolphins like this. This is not my experience as a football fan. Put my games on at 1 p.m. on a Sunday and the Dolphins are wearing their whites, whether they're on the road or home. That's what I'm comfortable with. I do think it has been funny, though, at the same time for me, as someone who works in media to watch the coverage of the Dolphins this year and see kind of the talk to TV debate shows, say, after the three weeks into the season, are the Dolphins the best team in the AFC? Like, I never believed that. As a Dolphins fan, I was like, I'm not taking us over Mahomes. What are we doing here? Like, but, it, and it, but there's also like an arc that teams like this follow where they get up to a hot start. And you see on kind of the debate shows, is this the best team? And then like, you know, they lose a couple tough games on the road. And it's like, this team's actually a fraud. So I do think it works a little bit both ways. Like there are talking points by people who maybe aren't necessarily like immersing themselves in film and tape of this team who fire off takes that I think then fuel kind of what that fan bell curve you're talking about where people kind of act irrationally. So I'm not going to sit here and say I've never had any irrational Dolphins takes as someone who texts you. How I feel about the Dolphins, you know, I'm not a particularly <laughs> level-headed person about them. But, I, you know, I'm not one of these people that's, like, getting into the replies of Mina Kimes and being like, oh, remember that thing you said about Tua 364 days ago and 18 hours and 12 minutes? Like, I remember. <laughs> and it's like, bro, you need to, like, you know, go touch some grass. So it, it's it's been funny to watch. Having said all that, um, you know, you continue to disrespect the team. Our old Gary Gar <laughs> Gary Graham continues to disrespect the team. Uh, I, I just, I don't. Bill Barnwell. I'll throw Mina in there. Um, you know, thank you for whoever. including yeah, yeah. me in a group of yeah, very yeah. serious journalists. Yeah, yeah. By the um, way, you know, I put them all in there though. The disrespect, we hear it, we see it, and uh, you know that we got to prove it on the field. At the end of the day, I think the team's proving it on the field. We're going to get into some uh, uh, post-Sunday storylines in a second, but I want to see – I, I want to test out what's coming next for the Dolphins for you, and I want to see uh, if you think this is accurate, okay? Mm -hmm. We have Dolphins in-season hard knocks coming. Okay? Hate that. Hate uh, that. I'm going to watch every second of it, but I, there, there's nothing good comes from your team being on no, hard knocks. Never. Never. Uh, I, no. I don't need people like Tua, poor, sweet, adorable Tua, just wants to mind his own <laughs> business, Okay. And now people are going to be all in his business. People are going to be talking about, you know, everything he does on a personal level. I don't like it. Leave Tua alone. 
this is just a, an aside, but I was talking to someone about Hard Knocks once, and basically it was like a a, a, a friend of a friend of a friend, and 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 it turned out like, like someone was basically positing the idea, like, what if when Hard Knocks shows up, if if my team ever had to do Hard Knocks, what if Hard Knocks showed up and I just had all the doors locked and they just couldn't get in, and I practiced <laughs> indoors every day and I made them film the outside of the practice facility, and that was that. And it occurred to me that, like, wow, that's a thing that you like. What would Hard Knocks do? I they, think they, Roger Goodell would come down and put his his hand on the team owner's shoulder. I, I don't <laughs> think that that's I, that's the you know the long arm of the NFL's law. I think I know. prohibits you specifically from uh, doing something like that. Excuse me, but but yeah. here, so here's here's my next phase of takes, and and mm-hmm. and, and so much like I, I heard this back in back in the days when radio was important that um a song would get really Why popular to throw the entirety of radio under the bus <laughs> well, well because, like before before like every radio station don't get was, me wrong i hate those freaks just as much as the next guy but, yeah yeah <laughs> but 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 a, but a, a song used to get popular in like mm-hmm. dc or philly right and then it would spread everywhere right, else right. and then like six months later so i do think that that's the same for sports talk and mm-hmm. right now in new york we're going through something similar. So I think this is what's going to happen to Miami. We're go- the Dolphins are going to crest in terms of success this season. And we, including probably me, are going to write, why can't more coaches be like Mike McDaniel, right? That's going to be peak Dolphins, okay? And then a few weeks later, there maybe it's a rocky end of the season. Maybe it's an early playoff exit, something. And then it's Mike McDaniel needs to be tougher on <laughs> right, his players, right? right? right. That's going to be the the horrible but ad isn't nauseum. It, in, in all seriousness, you know? isn't it kind of insane that we can sit here and predict that and say that's and what's going to happen? happen? And I just wish that like common sense people wouldn't succumb to the narrative, and that kind of includes NFL owners and GMs. And I hope Mike McDaniel, beyond what he does scheme wise is just the coach of the Dolphins for the next 10 years because of his approach to motivation, his approach to leadership, I think is like really unique. And it, it would be interesting to see a team foster that and not succumb to the narratives. And it's going to be very interesting because I'm with you. There is there is going to be a Mike McDaniel backlash. You and I both know it, that as soon as things get a little rocky, there is going to be a Mike McDaniel backlash. Why is he fascinated- tougher? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Why does he's got to light into these guys? Uh, you know, this this you can't lead all men with this approach, blah, blah, blah. And I'm fascinated to see how the team handles it, because you and I both know those things are silly. You and I both know those things are silly. It's it's low hanging fruit. And I'm fascinated to see if and when it happens. Yeah. We're, so in New York, where Albert and I talked about this a little bit last week, where um, everyone's saying that Robert Sala is too soft now. And Robert Sala literally tackled his starting quarterback yesterday on the sidelines. Against Robert Sala is like, listen, I am no New York Jets fan. Let me get that straight. Um, you know, that team is garbage. That franchise is garbage. <laughs> they play in like a garbage ass part of New Jersey. They're not even the New York Jets. Like they can all, you know, they can all fall into like a Bane induced pit for all I care. Having said that, Robert Sala People are like, this guy, they need a new coach. I've seen people tweet, like, he's a loser, he's not a winner. You know, all kinds of crazy stuff. We all agree they have maybe the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. Like, bottom three? Oh, I think the worst by a fairly wide margin. Okay. Yeah. 
and they're and they are competitive, and they've somehow won four games. I think he's doing a remarkable job in New York, considering the quarterback circumstances he's had to deal with. Like, I would be thrilled if the Jets fried Robert Sala because that guy can coach the hell out of a defense clearly. And B, the fact that he's won as many games as he has the last couple of years with such a terrible quarterback is it's like somehow Zach Wilson's being used in a, as an indictment of him. It's absurd. And everyone's saying now that he needs to yell at his players more. And my thought is, you know, as as a dad of two small kids, the strongest dad moments are the moments when every part of your brain is going yell at them, yell at them, yell at them, and you don't. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's so much harder to do what Mike McDaniel's doing, to do what Robert Saul is doing, and just be a genuine human being all the time instead of screaming at people. Mm -hmm. Like like Bill O'Brien just screaming at Mac Jones. Does that look like it's getting you guys anywhere? No. Right. You know? I don't know. I don't like getting and, yelled at. And what you there are guys who maybe yell, but even you you look at the quote unquote yellers now. Whether it's a Dan Campbell, who I don't know is necessarily a yeller, but Dan Campbell fits the mold of what people expect out of a football coach, right? Mike Vrabel. These are guys who are still able to connect with players. I think Mike Vrabel's like hugging people yes. like as they walk off the field, you know? Yes, like the, in a way that goes beyond the Bill O'Brien types, clearly, you know, this old school head football coach. So I'm with you. I, I think the Jets would be crazy. Like the guys had the worst quarterback in the league for two years. The guy they built their entire team around, their entire offense around, literally their entire offense around, hired his personal friend to be offensive coordinator, brought in his friends at receiver, goes out four plays into the season. They've somehow still won four games. They're, what, a game and a half behind the Buffalo Bills? And people want to get rid of It's, to me, un unbelievable. Unbelievable. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play kind of a nondescript sunday as far mm -hmm. as things go but i had to do something that i don't like which is i had to suggest or to write about the firings of two head coaches which mm. i think may be coming or are at least going to be talked about a lot and i want your takes on those first of all chicago 
Matt Eberflus, like, again, this brings me no joy because the firing of a head coach brings with it the displacement of, like, dozens of people. entire staff, yes. Yeah, yes. It's, it's not good. It's not mm-hmm. something that I enjoy talking about, but it's something that we are going to talk about. And after you blow a game against the Lions where you're up 12 points with four minutes to go, I feel like, and, and now you're going to have two top five picks coming into next year, that's one of those where uh, it's kind of like, okay, it's it's probably, you know, you probably got to think about shaking things up at this point. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I'm with you. It's not really something I really write about in the NBA either. It happens way more in the NBA, doesn't it? Does, it does, yes. I mean, it's that that's a whole different, you know, in the NBA, it's much harder to get rid of the players. Um, so the, the coach is usually the first scapegoat. I do think that for the Bears... If you're looking at two top five picks and probably the number one pick because of the Carolina deal, which somehow is not getting talked about enough, is just maybe one of the looking at like one of the worst trades in NFL history. Not only did they end up sacrificing a chance to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May, they also made the wrong pick seemingly between Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. But we're not talking about the Panthers right now. Um, for the Bears, you, you have a chance to like historically reset your franchise this year, I mean, look at what the Texans done with Stroud and Tank Dell. I mean, they got two guys who have completely turned around their offense. Like, I thought D'Amico Ryans, I was excited for D'Amico Ryans. I loved him as a player, excited that he was getting these head coaching interviews. And I was like, don't take the Texans job. That franchise is a dumpster fire. But they picked the right quarterback, and things look immediately different. So if you're the Bears, you have a chance to get a quarterback, maybe a Marvin Harrison Jr., some other incredibly high-impact player, in the top five, what has Eberflus shown that lends you to believe he's going to be the right coach to kind of bring the best out of those guys, especially with the way people have criticized how Justin Fields is used, his usage in the offense? I, I don't know if Fields is a lost cause. I think he's talented, and I think he's had kind of a bad hand to play with in Chicago, but I think if they're going to reset the top of the roster the way they are, you kind of have to reset the coaching staff with that. I, I posited yesterday that I thought – Next to having your team actually succeed and start going to the playoffs, having your team have the first and like fourth picks in the NFL draft is the next best thing about being a fan, right? Like how jacked would you be if you're like, I'm getting a quarterback and Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm. And you're just, you're probably just on cloud nine that whole time. Probably just feeling great all off season. Absolutely. Listen, I wanted the Dolphins to tank that year. They ended up, you know, they got two in the draft the next season or the next year, like, it doesn't really happen in the NFL, and I get it. You know, for a lot of reasons, I don't think it's realistic to kind of undergo tanking the way it's done in the NBA. But I'm with you. If you're a Bears fan, aren't you? Isn't yesterday kind of the perfect result if you're a Bears fan? That game was highly entertaining, but we still lost at the very end. Like that's kind of what your your ideal situation is at this point. It's so crazy. I mean, I remember being down in Miami for the tank for two uh, thing and it, people were fired up about it. They were angry. I went to Hard Rock Stadium as a fan and wrote about it. I got a Cuban and I got a beer. It was nice. <laughs> I bought a ticket for like seven dollars. But yeah, and they couldn't even tank properly. No. Brian Flores. Right? <laughs> I, I've, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I've said some just genuinely terrible things about Brian Flores group chats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really liked him. It's just so funny. I'm just such a meathead when it comes to being an NFL fan. Because, like, realistically, he was clearly a talented coach in in the sense that he got the most out of those terrible Dolphins rosters. 
Um, but it was so mean to Tua that uh, as soon as he left, the guy took off and he's like, yeah. Like, every interview Tua does when they have a national TV game is like, yeah, you know, like, uh, Mike McGann is the first person that's really believed in me. And it's like, <laughs> wait, what? Um, it's like, he, he encourages me, like, lets me play through mistakes. And it's like, uh, okay, this is not really a kind of uh, – and I don't think Tua is the kind of guy who's, like, trying to sub people. I think he's just very honest. But I think it's, like, probably the first coach he's had in his life that's, like, actually likes him. I So that leads me into the second one, which is everyone's talking about Brandon Staley. Chargers mm-hmm. blew another game. And well, what and I that, give – That post-game press conference was uncomfortable, too. I He's getting hot. Yeah. And so my thought is you cross into a threshold where – and I'm amazed that most coaches don't do it sooner. Mm-hmm. And I call it the Joe Judge threshold where <laughs> all like you're you're getting mad, you're getting mad, you're getting mad. And like it's funny as like a beat reporter who used to cover a team on a daily basis. I hadn't considered the fact that like they hate us all on an individual level <laughs> until <laughs> until that moment where like the one guy that you don't like asks a question and you're mad and you didn't get enough sleep the night before and you lost and the coffee wasn't good this morning and you're just like god damn it and you, you know, just start it, going off you know it's a it's really a miracle it doesn't happen more often right and and to be honest like i i take great pride in trying to ask good and thoughtful post-game press conference questions. Yes. And I have a lot of respect for beat writers, and they have a different job than someone like me or you who kind of gets to swoop in and maybe be bigger picture, and we don't have to answer to an angry fan, etc. Um, And I didn't hear the question that was asked of Brandon Staley, and I'm just going to assume it was a fair one, but also, like, after a loss, like, I've you know, I've covered the NBA Finals, and it's like, you got to ask questions after a loss, and you want to ask about strategy. And... Yes, sometimes like it's I look at myself and I'm like, this is absurd. Like I, I'm at the NBA finals and I'm gonna question a strategic decision that Eric Spolster made. Like I'm sure he's probably like, what is this, you know, idiot doing? But you try to be thoughtful about it and ask a good question. Um but sometimes I'm like, it's sometimes it's a little silly what we're doing like, after it these is. games. It is. Um and Again, I don't know who asked that question, and I, I hope it was asked well. But sometimes it's like sometimes I don't blame the coaches either. Let me just put it that way. Sometimes I genuinely do not blame them because it's like literally us, like you know, sitting in the stands eating hot dogs. And, ah, I wouldn't have run it on that play, you know. <laughs> it's like I, sometimes I I don't fully blame it, especially in football when it's like such a such a complicated sport on a play to play basis that um, it. it I'm surprised Ren Saley hasn't blown up earlier. This came full circle for me last year when, um, and I promise I'm not saying this as as a humble brag. It's an Ooh. avenue into something else. But I had I just completed a marathon. Um, wow! Real look I'm, at me, Louie, over here. Continue. Yes, I know. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and so I'm sitting at my kitchen table, and my dad comes over, and he said, "Your time was better." than it was last year and i said yeah and he said is that because you worked harder or is that because this course is viewed as a lot easier than the last one that you ran and in that moment i'm like the court you know you're just like your whole body is aching and then you're just like you feel it inside of you and you're just like you want to talk about how easy the court you know and i could like i barely contained myself then and i'm wondering like how do these coaches do this 
on an on a day to day basis where you're just like like they must walk in there and be like if he asks about the cornerback <laughs> like I'm just gonna I'm yeah. just gonna flip out I'm Lose just it. gonna yeah. flip out so for me I don't think <clears throat> a lot of people view this as a final straw and with Joe Judge I know for a fact it was like that guy was gonna come back and then he just started going off on everything mm. and the Giants are just like yeah we can't. We can't have you do this. I I like it because as a reporter, we should expect to be engaged in that manner. Like we shouldn't expect the plexiglass between the two of us. Like if we ask a question of an angry person, we should expect an angry answer. And we can't be like, oh, oh th- th- that reply, you know, and it's just, no, man, you're, you're yeah. pissed off. You know, it's and, 10 minutes and after it's, that. And it's like something that also frustrates me. Not to get make this into an entire conversation about our industry. <laughs> that is that is great stuff for your story. It's 100%. like Brandon Staley was upset when asked about this, and this is what he said in an angry tone. I'm like, that's good stuff. I it remember is. I was at a Phoenix Suns game, and uh, it was after they lost in humiliating fashion in a game seven. Um, just blown out at home. Luka Doncic, like within six minutes, everyone knew the game was over. Luca scored more than the entire Suns team in the first half of a game seven. Is Luca the guy in the Mavericks or the Nuggets? Mavericks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I Jokic, so. Jokic is Nuggets. Ah, Doncic okay. is Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. So, I got so it. <laughs> after the game, um, <laughs> this was crazy. Um, so first someone like DeAndre Ayton was the Suns center and he didn't play a lot in the second half. And, um, Someone asked Monty Williams about it, the Suns coach at the time. And he gave the most terse, like, coach. I don't remember the exact quote now. He was either like, it was a coach's decision, or he just straight up said no. In the most terse, uncomfortable manner, Monty will normally very, like, you know, you know, gives long answers, um, you know, not short with the media. It was just like, and it was, there was a, you could pin drop silence after that question. But it was good. Like it was a good answer because of it. Like it, it's it it said as much than as if he had answered the question with three hundred words. You know what I'm saying? Um, but to go to my point about people asking bad questions, some, at some point later in the press conference, like Monty was just clearly upset. He's probably thinking I might get fired for this. And some guy goes, Monty, how did this happen? <laughs> I took all my strength not to burst out laughing and Monty Williams was so mad and he's like what do you mean and he's like you guys lost by like 30 how did this happen <laughs> <laughs> I was dying dude but uh yeah I I don't it's uh I don't blame these coaches but Brandon Staley if we could get back to the point at hand here you know I obviously as a Dolphins fan, I have a vested interest in the downfall of Justin Herbert. It's like that meme um, where it's like someone's downfall happening and then someone to the side smiling and it's like me because I prayed for it. Um, So even though I have a vested interest in the Herbert downfall, so that's my caveat to the situation. I think he's obviously an incredibly talented quarterback. And again, this is a thing Dolphins fans do. They get online, they look at Herbert's record, they see his record in close games, and they say this guy's terrible when he's the reason this team is keeping it close. Um, you know, I I will say that I'm I'm curious to hear your take on this because I, I do agree. I think Staley's clearly on the hot seat. 
Um, I'm assuming you don't follow the celebrity gossip account Domois on Instagram. No. They said after week two, they got an anonymous submission that Staley was on the hot seat, which is the funniest thing of all time. It's a celebrity gossip account that just gets like what? anonymous tips about like relationship rumors. And yeah, yeah, yeah. this was the only sports related thing I've ever seen on there outside of obviously like Taylor and Travis, but that's not even sports related at this point. But I thought that they would be in a better position this year because everyone um, was hyping up them adding Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator. And that hasn't really been the fix people thought it was. So I was curious your impression of that. Cause I think we all agree if they don't make the playoffs this year, Staley is likely gone. But what is Kellen Moore's culpability? Because Staley is kind of in charge of their defense. You know, why hasn't that clicked, in your opinion? Is there is there an NBA equivalent to the Chargers? And the, it, it, here's what I'm talking about, right? So the Chargers have, since 2013, they're 83 and 89. And it's not just this season or last season where like all these games come down to like a point or two. It's been happening for like a decade, yes. right? And so, uh, isn't there a tweet? Is it from like 2009 or 19? Or there's an old tweet that goes around every Sunday that's like, why is every Chargers game like this? Yes, it gets retweeted. Yeah, constantly. And so, my thought is, you know, Brandon Staley and every Chargers coach is in like a perpetual lose lose situation where you come in. And you post a top five offense, which they do every year. And then they're like, well, you should do that because Justin Herbert's your quarterback. And then you don't play as well on defense and be like, yeah, okay, then you got to get fired because like Justin Herbert has to win a Super Bowl because he's amazing. And then at what point does anyone look around and they're like, yeah, this roster's got like a couple of good players, but like a lot of them are old. Like, is this team actually good? Like, is there an NBA team that everyone thinks is really good, but they're not good? Does that make sense? Okay, so an NBA team that's good every year but never quite gets it done. And they, people think is way better than it, it actually is because of like one or two people that we know who they are. I would say the closest comp, and it's not a one-to-one, -one, is the Philadelphia 76ers who have the reigning MVP in Joel Embiid, even though he kind of won the MVP only because people were tired of giving it to Jokic <laughs> even though Jokic then ended up winning an NBA championship and embarrassing everyone. But the Sixers have probably a top five most talented player in the entire league in Embiid. But every year they lose in the second round of the playoffs. They've never made a conference finals with him. And every year he gets some kind of freak injury. Every, they've lost in two crazy game sevens, three crazy game sevens. Once uh, because Ben Simmons refused to shoot. Once because Kawhi Leonard hit the crazy shot, one of the crazy shots in NBA history. Um, another time because Joel, James Harden and Joel Embiid completely no-showed in Boston after blowing a game six. So I'd say they're very 76ers-esque in that they have an elite, elite talent, a talent that probably 99% of other teams in the league would take. There's probably maybe three teams in the league that wouldn't take Justin Herbert as their quarterback. You know, four, maybe. Um, and yet, there's kind of this glass ceiling that if you're a fan of the team or you examine it really closely... I do think there are explanations, right? Like, you know, her, it's not to take away from Embiid, for example. Like, he does get hurt. Those are legitimate injuries. Herbert is very good. Like, they were up huge in that Jacksonville game. It takes, like, a lot of series of steps to blow something like that. Um, so I'd say that's kind of the closest comp. I don't know, man. I, I'm just 
I, I'm curious who they bring in because, you know, Moore was supposed to be this fix. Do you elevate him? Do you bring in an offensive guru who's then going to bring in his own staff? Is there a another Shanahan tree guy out there that you can bring in to maybe you start running, you know, everyone's doing motion, et cetera, all this stuff. Is that, is that the answer? Um, at the same time, like if they, if, uh, the rookie, forgive me if I get his name wrong, Quentin Johnston, Johnson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he makes that catch yesterday, are we having this conversation? That's yeah. how, that's, that's how thin the margin is in the NFL and between Staley getting fired and Herbert needing help to, Oh no, they're, they're right in the hunt. And if they beat, um, they got a big game next week. Uh, I think it's against an NFC team, but you know they win that game. They're kind of right back in on everything. Or it might be the Ravens. Sorry, they're playing the Ravens next week. Like if they they make that catch yesterday, they beat the Ravens next week. It's like everything's fixed. That's how thin the margin is. So you know the Sixers did finally change their coach um, this summer. I I do think Staley. The well is just poisoned for this guy. Like I think even if they go on a run here. Short of doing what? Like, short of an AFC championship game, like, they kind of have all the ammo they need to get rid of them, right? Did you like him? I mean, you lived in L.A. for a time. You were you were an L.A. guy for a while. Did he uh, did he embody the spirit of L.A.'s non-existent football community? I was going to say, they're a tough spot in L.A. because to the extent that they are football fans in L.A. that don't care about another team first, they care about the Rams and... McVeigh, McVeigh is not necessarily like a personality, but he has an aura, right? He has the offensive genius label. They obviously had that epic game against the Chiefs, which happened in LA. Um, they had like kind of the league's most exciting offense for a while. So they've just always been a second class citizen, second class citizen. If anything, Staley's had like no personality, even though he does like for a while, he was doing stuff that we want cool NFL coaches to do, going for it on fourth down, I know, et cetera, being aggressive. But again, like that's what's so funny to me, the, the difference between the NBA and the NFL. The NBA, they play 82 games. Within a single game, they're like 100 possessions. In the NFL, the margin is so thin, and there's so much more randomness and luck than people are kind of willing to admit because it is such a high-variance game that the Chargers, even though it feels like a pattern, it feels like a trend, have just been on the wrong end of some very high-profile losses, mistakes, decisions, that it really looks a lot worse than I think it really is. Like, I, you know, he said yesterday in the press conference, and it sort of hit me, and it's yes, it's obvious, but he's like, yeah, all these games are coming down to three-point losses, like, so we're almost winning all of these games. And it's just like, oh, yeah. You, like... There's a world out there where you have like nine wins already this season. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I that Dolphins game, you know, they're like first week of the season, Dolphins defensive line had done nothing all day. The Chargers were running right through them. The last possession of the game, when they just need a field goal, the Dolphins get like two sacks back to back. And again, like you have to execute. I get it. I'm not giving the Chargers a pass, but like the timing of things like that are just can be so crazy. Like that, that, that game took the best throw of Tua's career when he climbs the pocket and hits Tyreek running down the right sideline. It's just, it's, it's inches. It really is inches. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, 
It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. So we're moving on to some of the other uh, some of the other noteworthy events of this weekend. Uh, Tommy DeVito, Rohan. I mean, I don't know how how much you've been following. Well, he hit jerseys. the he hit like the the Italian finger emoji celebration for lack of oh, a better phrase. Yes. Iconic. I love it. Like he is. Uh, Giants beat the Commanders thirty one nineteen. I feel like that is probably my favorite remaining. Josh Dobbs, but they lost um, on Sunday, and so you kind of had peak Pasternot, which I think is now over, and now we're we're in peak Devito, which is very <laughs> fun and enjoyable. Uh, before that ends, um, I really like that. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, the rest of this weekend was sad. I mean, it was watching- not the none of the none of no super exciting matchups. I mean, the best games tonight: Eagles Chiefs. Um. Can we talk about how Sam Howell is leading the NFL in passing yards? <laughs> what is happening there? I'm I'm wondering if so we the NBA kind of abandoned the super team thing, right? That's done. Uh yes and no. A couple teams are trying it, most notably the Phoenix Suns. But the most recent champion was not a super team, no. The Nuggets are not a super team. Correct. The, the Nuggets are the most recent champion, correct? Correct. All right, good. Um, that was uh, – I was worried there for a second. I was like, ah, maybe like the – definitely not the Knicks. I would know if the <laughs> Knicks won the NBA finals. Um, but are the Knicks good? They're all right. They're solid. Okay. So they're like the Chargers. They're a fun team. They're a fun team. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, the vibes are better. They're not like the Chargers. They're like – they're like – they're not the Texans because they're not young, but – like, who's a team that's, like, they're kind of like the Vikings in the sense that, like, no one takes them very seriously, but everyone enjoys their games. Okay. Yeah. I, I could do that. Yeah. I wa- I actually did. I watched, like, the tail end, maybe, of uh, one of the first Knicks games of the year. They were beating the uh, the Wizards, maybe, by, like, 20 points, and then they <laughs> lost in the fourth quarter somehow, um, which was not great. But well, um, so I, real quick, you're you're already you're like you're seeing the Dobbs coaster is on its way down. You didn't enjoy that game last night. That was a good game. Well, it's a, it's just a thing where so you and I can predict narratives, right? We've been doing yes. this for a long time, and when we're surprised, it's great, right? But now you have the pregame feature. You have yeah. the in depth Dobbs interview. You have Sunday Night Football was Dobbs dad cam. 
the whole oh, time. Right, right, Did right. you see that? Yeah. And by the way, and uh, I mean, his parents seem like incredibly supportive people, but I mean, I think Josh Dobbs, dad was like a senior VP of some very large bank, like very successful person. And it's so funny to watch like, you know, I mean, on one hand, you have some of these parents who like show up in the jersey and they're Can just like, Can we talk like, about, ah! dude, remember yeah. Adrian Hutchinson's dad called him Hutch? <laughs> just <laughs> maybe one of the funniest. There was so much Aiden Hutchinson cam- parents cam. Yes. They were mic'd up the first game of the season. Well, there was there was Tyson Badgent dad cam. Were you privy to this uh, one? Oh, uh, that was then they played the Chargers? Tyson Badgent's, Badgent's dad um, is a world champion arm wrestler. That's right. Yes. Yes. And he. And then uh, we also had some De- Devito dad cam last week against Devito the Cowboys. Devito dad cam was amazing. Um, but this <laughs> Josh Dobbs dad cam was so funny because like he he's so independently successful and like not that any of this I'm sure is boring to him, but he's a very stoic looking person. He was stone faced the entire time. And like they it's kept, just like they kept wow. cutting to him not reacting. <laughs> yeah. It's probably it's like a little bit like my parents, like when Sports Illustrated comes in the mail and they're like, Yeah, well he could have gone to law school, you know. Like could have <laughs> yeah. could have been a doctor. Yeah. You know? Right, but, yeah. You know. But this is cool, you know, this is fine. Yeah. This is this is something we can tell other people about, I guess. Um but yeah, so it once you do that, yes, yes, it's over, right? And, right, you right. Know, and and now and, and I think what happens is well, how about the Broncos though? Are, are are you intrigued? Like, are you taking them seriously? Um. All right. Let me. I'll close out my Dobbs thought, and okay. then I'll 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 sandwich in my Broncos thought. To close out my Dobbs thought, what happens is when we do this, when we have the dad cam, when we have the feature interviews, when we get the nickname, now Josh Dobbs has to become more than just Josh Dobbs, mm-hmm. right? But he's always been Josh Dobbs. Like Josh Dobbs has always been pretty good. And really smart. I mean, he almost won like a, a random playoff game for the Titans like two years ago when same situation. They signed him for like two weeks before that happened and threw him out there and he he's capable, you know? Now, if he doesn't win every game, we're like, oh, that guy sucks. You know, why do we care why do we care about him? Overrated. But like we're the <laughs> right, ones right. we're the ones rating. So right, it's our course. fault, you know? And so I don't know. I, I, I pray that the Josh Dobbs thing continues because it's just like one of those genuinely heartwarming things. Dude, he I also think he's talented. Like I he was making good. some big time throws in that game. Um it's just so funny because anytime I see a quarterback like him, I'm just like, would the 49ers be undefeated with him worse <laughs> or the same? That's like I, I, I just think about that for every quarterback now. Um and that's not a diss at Purdy. I'm just saying Dobbs has been that I mean, this guy's coming in freaking cold without his top receiver and it's not like he's been a passenger in these wins yeah yeah you're right but as far as the broncos go here's what amazes me about denver and i'm I that the dolphins about- beat them by 50 and don't get any credit for it <laughs> yeah no one talks and, about that at all ever. well here's okay no if i could please <laughs> if i could please put on my my teal and orange tinfoil hat let's for let's a moment here yes is obviously there's we know the narrative the Dolphins can't beat any good teams blah blah blah. Um, entering tonight now, granted these two teams have to play each other, but did you know the Dolphins have a better point differential than the Chiefs and the Eagles? I mean, I would have guessed it just because they scored seventy points in a okay, game. Okay, and and listen, they 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 blew the doors off the Broncos, a team that since beat Buffalo, 
yeah. Minnesota, mm-hmm. and Kansas City, okay? Yeah. You look at the Dolphins' losses. Like, look at a team like the Jaguars. The Jaguars' best win is, like, against a Bills team that everyone thinks is mid that had to fly to London while the Jads have been there for two weeks already, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of these teams that people think are great don't have impressive wins. Um, or have just an, a, a head-scratching loss. And the Dolphins don't have any of those, okay? Um, you know, the Dolphins were down their top two cornerbacks and three offensive linemen and were driving with a chance to tie the game in Philly before Tua throws a pick. Maybe there was a pass interference. Maybe not. We don't have to talk about the reps in that game. The Chiefs get a ton of credit for beating the Dolphins, even though Mahomes was – Tua was no worse than Mahomes in that game. I mean, look at the stats. They, they Both offenses put up 14 points and a half and were shut out in the other. That game comes down to a fluke fumble – lateral play that maybe was an incomplete pass so it's like people like to talk about the dolphins losses and then they also don't get any credit for their wins they beat carolina carolina beat houston okay (laughs) that's their only win um it's just week to week anything can happen and i'm not saying people don't give talk about the dolphins 70 point effort but like the broncos have shown (laughs) they can they can beat these teams and they got absolutely rocked by the and it's like when, when we have the fraud conversation, I just like to throw that out there. Like, I don't know how that makes them any more fraudulent than some of these other teams. But anyway, like, the Broncos are firmly in the hunt right now. Are they not? They're, what, 5-5? Five and five? Yeah, I think they're in the mix. So here's my here's – my, I'll give credit to the Broncos, but here's the thing. I'm very nervous because I have been running my mouth on the Broncos all season. <laughs> and have you ever done that where, like, you know, you're writing a couple things and – you feel pretty good throwing some elbows in the paint. And then all of a sudden the other team starts coming around. And I would say in terms of like meanness there outside of the Browns, there hasn't been a team that I've been nastier to than the Broncos (laughs) this year. I liked, I mean, I'll admit it. I mean, you know, I liked Nathaniel Hackett. I thought that that was, yes, yes. I thought the Russell Wilson thing was I thought that whole thing was a Russell Wilson, you know, led crash, right? Fascinating. Like I, thought, I yeah, I, so, I thought it was a we hired Nathaniel Hackett because we thought we were getting Aaron Rodgers. We didn't get Aaron Rodgers. We had to pivot and instead hired the most, maybe one of the most clueless people. <laughs> I this is when I knew the Broncos were like truly and well cooked, and it was the first game of the season when. It was like we're playing for a field goal in Seattle instead of Russell Wilson, let, instead of letting the quarterback they traded for playing against his former team, one of the most highly paid players at his position, instead of letting him win the game, they played for the field goal. I was like, oh, yeah, they're done. Yeah. This team's done. But in that moment, I'm, part of me is like, like the NFL, like there's always a, there's, there's like always a, there's always something, right? And so in that moment, I was like, okay, is, is Hackett, like I'd love to kick this sixty-seven yard field goal right now, or is he like? No, I think he was. I think he was like I, I, I have I, big football I really brain. Want to try to defy I'm like, the laws I'm, of gravity. No, I'm big football brain guy, and like we're so tough that we're gonna <laughs> kick this field goal. <laughs> and it's like I'm not. I think shout out to our coworker Jimmy Trena, who tweeted yesterday like Nathaniel Hackett's gotten a huge pass for this Jet season, which I agree completely. The best thing that happened to Nathaniel Hackett was Sean Payton being mean to him. Now, I'm no Sean Payton fan. I've heard maybe some unsavory things about how he treats people. Um, uh, but 
the best thing that happened to Daniel Hackett was Sean Payton being mean to him. Um, because now no one, everyone feels too bad saying something about Nathaniel Hackett. I'm sorry, so, keep derailing us about the no, Broncos. No, 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 you're, you're, I, I jumped, I'm just saying, I got swept up in the whole thing, and then Sean Payton comes out and says all this stuff to USA Today, and then they start one and four, and he says, you know, never has an organization been embarrassed like it was with Nathaniel Hackett, then I was like, oh, you gave up 70 points, that's pretty <laughs> embarrassing, and then, you know, all this stuff, and I was just carrying on and carrying on, and now they've won a couple games, and I'm just, I'm, I'm nervous, that's all. Listen, it happens. When the Miami Heat went up 3-0 against the Boston Celtics, I was like, I'm preparing all my Boston media mafia jokes. Um, I'm getting and then the, the Heat lose three in a row and I'm like, oh God, not like this. I was I was fully prepared to move back to India. Um <laughs> just because of, of the impending Boston uh media victory lap. I was prepared to just be back in Mumbai, you know, selling chili cheese toast on a street corner, living my best life. That sounds delicious, by the yeah. way. Um, so here's where, where I'll pivot and say that I give the Broncos so much credit because I think about two people in particular. One is Vance Joseph, where – so you used to be the head coach of the Broncos. They, refu- <laughs> they refused to give you a quarterback. They were like, here's Brock Osweiler. Deal with it. <laughs> and, of course, you get fired, right? Because the team is bad. And, you know, it was like this aged roster that they built for Peyton Manning. And then they were just like, yeah, Vance Joseph, you figure this out. (laughs) And so they fire him. And then they bring him back as the defensive coordinator under Sean Payton. So you're already back in a place where, like, there's still some of the same people in the building who you know supported your firing. And then you go out there and you give up 70 points to the Dolphins. Like, what part of you is like, I'm going to work the next day. Like, I'm, (laughs) I'm done. Like, yeah. I am completely and totally being like, hey, Sean, why don't you just cut me loose here? I'll take the back end of my contract. You can make yourself look like a tough guy. I'm going to go to like, you know, I don't know. What's like a good trendy vacation destination? Where do you go? Tulum. Tulum, I think is Tulum. where people. But I think I think Tulum's already getting overplayed. Okay. All right. I heard next is maybe like someone was saying Turkey. Is that a thing? I uh, still refer to it as Constantinople, personally. (laughs) (laughs) That might be problematic. I don't know. (laughs) Um, uh, I I would love to go to Turkey. I think the food there is supposed to be bomb. People talk to me like uh, like if uh, people who and they're just like, well, you know, like you know, I was saying, "Ah, I'd love to go to Greece one day, and everyone's like, "Yeah, Greece is so." It's so like last year. They're like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. they're like, they're like, it's like Iceland now. Like no one goes there. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, don't, I don't go anywhere. Exactly. I go- it's like, they make you feel so stupid for being like Greece. Yeah. Really? <laughs> like, like I live in New Jersey and sometimes yeah. I go to Pennsylvania. Exactly. That's, yeah. That's my vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would like to go anywhere. I'll, t- I'll take it. Um, so yeah, I give him a lot of credit and I give Russell Wilson a lot of credit because that guy last year had his own office. He had his own cubicle. <laughs> and then imagine going to work one day and then that thing is just full of boxes and they're like, pack your shit, buddy. You're, you're standing <laughs> in, the, you're, you're working in the office floor with everyone else fighting for spaces to charge your cell phone. Like <laughs> Russell Wilson, he's married to Ciara and now he's got to like, I don't know, just share the common space. You know, I give him a lot of credit. I would have quit then too. No, it, it honestly is an impressive turnaround. Um, especially when you lo- lose the way they have, I mean, that was the Dolphins game wasn't only their bad loss. Like they gave up a huge comeback to the Commanders, couldn't get mm-hmm. the two point. Like um, I hate giving. Uh, I don't say I hate. Um, 
it feels weird to give Sean Payton credit, but it can be really easy to let go of the rope in those situations. And the fact that everyone's kind of stayed on board is pretty impressive. For sure. Um, all right. So we're, we're winding down here. I want your like hottest NFL take that remains in your soul uh, before we get out of here. Cause that, that's, that's what I need to keep me going right now. Just that Bill Belichick is a massive fraud. Like oh! never, never, ever, ever, ever mention him in the same breath as Don Shula what? ever again. You know what Don Shula did is he won in multiple places across multiple eras and wasn't propped up by a quarterback for 20 years. Okay, Bill Belichick is a fraud. He sucked in Cleveland. Okay, <laughs> um, He had a few good years with Brady there. Yeah, sure. They had... You know, Roger Goodell was like a close personal friend of their owner. Oh they got my the, They got the benefit of every um, of every questionable call. They got the benefit of it home for 20 straight years. And every AFC East fan can attest to it. I saw the Dolphins get favorable calls at home against the Patriots. And I was like, wow, this is what it feels like. This is incredible. This was as good as I thought it would be to see the Patriots on the other end of some of these questionable calls. Um, I hope he goes somewhere else and sucks too. Um, like, yeah, bring wow. your, bring your son with you as a defensive coordinator, hire your little Nepo baby son as your defensive coordinator, go <laughs> suck somewhere else, hire your old friends who can't coach in positions that they don't belong in. Yeah. Bill O'Brien, Matt Patricia, how inventive. It's a joke. He's a bad coach. He's a bad GM. I hope, I hope they fire him. It would have been hilarious if they fired him mid season. I hope he goes. I I would love nothing more than for him to go to the Chargers and suck there too. Just, oh just, my I'm just God. tired of it. Just completely tired of it. Um, he's getting Mike McDaniel is coaching circles around him, and don't even get me started on the Boston beat writers who are like Mac Jones is just as good as Tua, or like, um, oh man, the Patriots really dodged a bullet by the Dolphins drafting Tua. Blah blah blah. Tua undefeated against Bill Belichick. Okay, you think if he was such a great coach. He could have beat this guy once. If he was just this Hall of Fame, you know, just never mention him next to Don Shula ever again. He's not going to get the wins record. Uh, he's a fraud. He's a bum. You know, good riddance. Get out of here. Golly. If you I... gave, you know who could have won a couple Super Bowls with Tom Brady? Rex Ryan. Okay. Oh, Rex my Ryan God. made it to. How many AFC Championship games did Rex, Rex Ryan Two. make it to with Mark Sanchez? Okay. Mark Sanchez, you're telling me this guy is what two and eight with Mac Jones? Give me a break, dude. Give me a wow. break. This guy's had to do his job for once the last few years, and he's been absolutely terrible at it. That is amazing. I, God, I could not disagree with you more. But I love the, I like it's just perfect. It's the perfect take. <laughs> it really is. Like because. The Belichick thing he's is... Got, he's got, like, a worse win percentage than Ron Rivera without Tom Brady. Wow. He's, he's like, he's in fucking... Sorry. <laughs> he's, in, <laughs> he's in, like, the Jeff Fisher zone oh, uh, without man. Brady. If you combine his Browns record versus his non-Brady record, it's like, yeah, dude, he's freaking Jack Del Rio. Like, okay. Wow. Jack Del, Jack Del Rio made David Garrard look like a Pro Bowl QB. Um, just yeah give me a break this guy's supposed to be the greatest coach of all time better than Don Shula give me a break man now what are you going to do when he breaks Don Shula's record well, well is he going to is he going to live is he going to coach until 95 is that what is that the plan <laughs> um, 
Because at this current rate, I don't see it happening. So Bill Belichick has 300 career wins. And for a second, because I remember I remember him getting the 300th against Buffalo like uh, like a month ago and being like, oh, so he's probably got like four or five more that I have to add on to this list. But no, it, they, I forgot the Patriots have not won since October 22nd. So tw- he's got 28 to go. Mm. This is. So let's see. 28 wins. That's seven wins a year for four years. You know what his record is without Brady, by the way? What is it? 82 and 98. Wow. Bum. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) Absolute bum. 82. Let me get the win percentage on that real quick. Oh, God. Yeah, just... You know, everyone's this is the problem with our generation today, Connor. Everyone's in a rush to crown people. You know, everyone's in a rush to say this is the new best thing, blah, blah, blah. You know, the new hot. Put some respect on Don Shula, okay? How about that? Mm. He's 71. Okay. Turned 72 on April 16th. He has a 455 win percentage without Brady. Don't make me look at the coaches who have a better win percentage than that because it will it will humble this man. Would you so what would it take for Bill Belichick to earn your respect at this point? Pass Shula without, you know, a cheating ass quarterback. <laughs> Let's start there. Like don't don't film opponents. Um don't deflate the ball and win a few games. You know who's I genuinely think is a better coach? Then Bill Belichick, and this is a little bit of a take, but I'm being 100% serious. Andy Reid. I think Andy okay. Reid is, is 100% a better coach than okay. Bill Belichick. This guy won with Donovan McNabb. He won with Alex Smith. He made A.J. Feely. He made the Dolphins trade a second-round pick for A.J. Feely because he made A.J. Feely look good. He almost beat the undefeated Patriots with A.J. Feely one year. True story. Um, I think Andy Reid is a better coach. He's won in more places with different people. And now he finally has the generation's best quarterback and look what he's doing like minimum AFC championship game every single year. Um, you know, just, yeah, the, the Patriots, the best thing the Patriots had going for them was this like Jedi mind trick voodoo thing where they just fooled opposing teams into making boneheaded mistakes every time they played in Foxborough or again, they'd get like the D Ford roughing the passer call, you know, called in their favor that was that was the secret sauce. That plus Brady, who I, I have the ultimate respect for Brady, who immediately left and won a Super Bowl, which was just a fantastic middle finger. And by the way, whose decision was it to get rid of the greatest quarterback of all time? It wasn't Robert Kraft. Man. This is hot. <laughs> I really this is this is like the perfect way to end the show. Thank you. Like, Thank you. It re- like it really, really is. Um I I I can support. I actually wrote that a couple weeks ago, by the way. So you don't think I'm a total. Um, I do. I do think that Reed is probably on his way to becoming possibly the greatest coach, and he will. I think he's got a much better coaching staff. I think so. He's got. Well, he doesn't just. Well, okay. I'm. <laughs> He doesn't just hire his, he hires, he did hire his son, which obviously, you know, we're not going to get into that tragedy, but um, he doesn't only hire cronies. You know, I think that he's uh, done a good job of actually trying to build a real coaching staff, 
which yeah. is, I think, a legitimate criticism of Belichick the last couple of years. So he's 65. So that's six years until he's old, you know. So let's say you win, you know, 10 games a year for the next six years. That's 60. At least. And you know, you could probably pencil him in for 11, frankly. Man. Who would have thought? And, and, he, and you'd be okay with him passing Don Shula. Andy Reid, yes. Andy Reid, lovable, great coach, great personality, isn't trying to big-time people. As far as we know, you know, isn't writing letters to Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Andy Reid, cool as hell. We love Andy Reid. A, a worthy successor to Don Shula and the wins record. Belichick, get out of here, okay? Let me just put it this way. Mike McDaniel, you could say Tua's not good. You could say Tua's not not a top 10 quarterback, whatever. You can have your criticisms of Tua. With Tua Tungabailoa, Mike McDaniel has made the Dolphins a top five offense in the NFL. With Tyreek, obviously, too. But, you know, took this quarterback that no one wanted. People were trying to bench. People were trying to send him to the arena league. Um, and just look at the splits in Tua's now played 23 games under Flores, 23 games under McDaniel. Tua has like twice as many touchdowns under Mike McDaniel than he did under Brian Flores. Like the the difference is stark. It's it's un, not debatable what McDaniel's done for his career. Is there any chance, any chance Tua would be where he is now if Belichick was his coach? Oh my God. Well, but we kind of saw it, right? I mean, like Flores is a Patriots coach. Right. I mean, Belichick probably would have benched him three or four times, you know? Right. And destroyed his confidence. Simple as that. Simple as that. Man, I love it. So he, <laughs> he, he closes it out with a complete takedown of <laughs> arguably one of the best coaches in NFL history, then slips in a little Tua <laughs> at the end. This is exactly why we wanted Rohan to come on the show. Thank you so much, buddy. Uh, Please come back, um, and I will continue to just give you please, free reign. Please to- put me on. I'll come on weekly. I would love for Breer to be subjected to my takes oh. next time. Just be like, what the hell is happening here? I'm going to make a Rohan Breer crosstalk <laughs> episode, and it's going to be incredibly successful. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, if you're listening to this before Thanksgiving, have the happiest of holidays. Please check back. We'll be covering football all throughout the holiday weekend because now we have a black friday game and be sure to check out the gilberto and matt show which is always uh, in the middle of the week leave us a rating and review it helps everybody find the show and we'll see you next monday I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.